Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. A series of unfortunate events. Do you know this is by Lemony Snicket? That's funny. Okay. I just remember hearing that as a kid and I just saw that and it it just, I mean, I read it before, but in my head, you know how sometimes you hear something and then all of a sudden you're like, something clicks and it goes, you go, wait a minute. That just happened. I just, (laughs) I just had a moment. I just had a moment of, remember, you have to be gentle with that. I just had a moment of remembering. Anyways, the bad beginning, chapter six. The next morning, when the children stumbled sleepily from their bedroom into the kitchen, rather than a note from the Count Olaf, they found Count Olaf himself. Good morning, orphans, he said. I have your oatmeal ready in bowls for you. The children took seats at the kitchen table and stared nervously at their oatmeal. If you knew Count Olaf and he suddenly served you a meal, wouldn't you be afraid that there was something terrible in it? Like poisoned or ground glass? But instead, Violet, Klaus, and Sunny found... Fresh raspberries, sorry guys, I moved my keys, found fresh raspberries had been sprinkled on the top of each portions. The Baudelaire orphans hadn't had raspberries since their parents died, although they were extremely fond of them. Thank you, Klaus said, carefully picking up one of the raspberries, examining it. Perhaps these are poison berries that just look like the delicious ones. Count Olaf, seeing how how suspicious Klaus was looking at these berries, smiled and plucked a berry out of Sunny's bowl. Looking at each of the three youngsters, he plopped it into his mouth and ate it. Aren't raspberries delicious, he asked. They're my favorite when I was your age. Violet tried to picture Count Olaf as a young youngster, but couldn't. His shiny eyes, bony hands, and shadowy smile all seemed to be things only adults possess. Dis- huh? Yeah? Despite her fear of him, however, she took her spoon in her right hand and began to eat her oatmeal. Count Olaf had eaten some, so it probably wasn't poisonous, and anyway, she was very hungry. Klaus began to eat too, and so did Sunny, who got oatmeal and raspberries all over her face. (laughs) I received a phone call yesterday, Count Olaf said, from Mr. Poe. He told me you children had been to see him. The children exchanged glances. They had hoped that their visit would be be taken in confidence in a phrase that meant kept secret between Mr. Poe and themselves and not to be blabbed to Count Olaf. Mr. Poe told me, Count Olaf said, that you appeared to be having some difficult time adjusting to the life, so I have graciously provided for you. I'm very sorry to hear that. The children looked at Count Olaf. His face was very serious, as if he were very sorry to hear that, but his eyes were shiny and bright, the way they are when someone is telling a joke. Is that so, Violet said. I'm sorry Mr. Poe bothered you. Oh, I'm glad he did, Count Olaf said, because I want the three of you to feel at home here now that I am your father. Ugh. I kind of feel like he, like, he kind of seems nice, though, right now. Yeah, well, right now. No, he's, no, he's not acting nice. He's acting like a parent. That's not nice. That's just what you act, you know? The children shuddered a little at that, remembering that their own kind father and gazing at the sad, poor substitute now sitting across the table from them. Lately, 
Count Olaf said. I have been nervous about my performance with the theater troupe, and I am afraid that I may have acted a bit standoffish. The word standoffish is a wonderful one, but it does not describe Count Olaf's behavior towards the children. It means reluctant to associate with others, and it might describe somebody who, during a party, would stand in a corner and not talk to anyone. It would not describe somebody who provided one bed for three people to sleep in, forced them to do horrible chores, and strikes them across the face. There are so many words for that, but standoffish is not one of them. Klaus knew the word standoffish and almost laughed out loud at Olaf's incorrect use of it, but his face still had a bruise on it, so Klaus remained silent. Therefore, to make you feel a little more at home here, I would like to have you participate in my next play. Perhaps if you took a, a, a part in, perhaps if you took part in the work that I do, you would be less likely to run off complaining to Mr. Poe. <clears throat> in what way would we participate? Violet asked. She was thinking of all the chores they've already done for Count Olaf and was not in the mood to do more. Well, said Count Olaf, his eyes shining brightly. The play is called The Marvelous Marriage, and it was written by the great playwright Al Funkut. We will give only one performance on this Friday night. It is about, to, is about a man who is very brave and intelligent, played by me. In the finale, he marries the young, beautiful woman that he loves in front of a crowd of cheering people. You, Klaus, and you, Sonny, will play some of the cheering people in the crowd. But we're shorter than most adults, Klaus said. Won't that look strange in the audience? You will be playing two midgets who attend the wedding, Olaf said patiently. And what will I do, Violet asked. I'm very handy with tools, so perhaps I could help build your set. The set? Heavens no, Count Olaf said. A pretty girl like you shouldn't be working backstage. But I like to, said Violet. Count Olaf's one eyebrow raised slightly, and the Baudelaire orphans recognized this sign of anger. But then the eyebrow went down again as he forced himself to remain calm. I have such an important role for you on stage, he said. You are going to, you are going to play the young woman that I marry. Violet felt her oatmeal and raspberries shift around in her stomach as if she had just caught the flu. It was bad enough having Count Olaf acting like acting in loco parentis and announcing himself as their father, but to consider this man a husband even for the purpose of a play was even more dreadful. It is very a very important role, he continued, his mouth curling up into an in, inconvincing smile. Although you have no lions other other than I do, which you will say when Justice Strauss asks if you will marry me. Justice Strauss, Violet said, what does she have to do with it? Oh, she has agreed to play the part of the judge, Count Olaf said. Behind him, one of the eyes painted and the kitchen walls closely watched over each of the Baudelaire children. I just asked Bo Justice Strauss to participate because I wanted to be neighborly and as well as fatherly. Count Olaf, Violet said, and then stopped. she stopped herself. She wanted to argue her way out of playing his bride, but she didn't want to make him angry. Father, she said, I'm not sure I'm talented to perform professionally. I would hate to disgrace your good name and the name of Al Funkut. Plus, I'm very busy in the next few weeks working on my inventions and learning how to prepare roast beef, she quickly added, remembering how he behaved about dinner. Count Olaf reached out to his, out his spidery hands and stroked Violet on the chin, looking her deep in the eye. You will, he said participate in this theatrical performance. I'll prefer it if you would participate voluntarily, but as I believe Mr. Poe explained to you, I can order you to participate and you must obey. Olaf's sharp and dirty fingernails gently scratched Violet's chin and she shivered. The room was very, 
very quiet as Olaf finally let go and stood up and left without a word. The Baudelaire children insisted to his heavy footsteps to go upstairs towards the tower where they were forbidden to enter. Well, Klaus said hesitantly, I guess it won't hurt to be in a play. It seems very important to him and we want to keep on him on our good side. But he must be up to something, said Violet. You don't think those berries were poisoned, you, Klaus said worriedly. No, Violet said. Olaf is after our fortune that we inherit. Killing us would do him no good. But then what does, what does it do to have him be in his stupid play? I don't know, Violet admitted miserably. She stood up and started washing out the oatmeal bowls. I wish I knew something more about inheritance law, Klaus said. But I'll bet Count Olaf has cooked something up in his plan to get our money. But I don't know what it could be. I guess we could ask Mr. Poe about it, Violet said doubtably. Doubtfully, as Klaus stood beside her and dried the dishes, he knew all those Latin legal phrases. But Mr. Poe would probably call out Count Olaf again, and then he'd know that we were on to him, Klaus pointed out. Maybe we should just try and talk to Justice Strauss. She's a judge, so she must know all about the law. Well, she's also Olaf's neighbor, Violet replied, and she might tell him what we had asked. Klaus took his glasses off, which he often did when he was thinking hard. How could we find out about the law without Olaf's knowledge? Book, Sunny shouted suddenly. She's a smart kid. I think she's a little baby genius. She probably meant something like, would, would somebody please wipe my face? But it made Violet and Klaus look at each other. Book. They were both thinking the same thing. Surely Justice Strauss would have a book on inheritance law. Olaf didn't leave us any chores to do, Violet said. So I suppose we're free to visit Justice Strauss in her library. Klaus smiled. Yes, indeed, he said. And you know, today I don't think I'll choose a book on wolves. Nor I, Violet said, on mechanical engineering. I think I'd like to read about an inheritance law. Well, let's go, said Klaus. Just to stress that we can come over soon, so we don't, have, we don't want to be standoffish. At the mention of the word that Count Olaf used so ridiculously, the Baudelaire orphans all laughed, even Sunny, who of course did not have a very big vocabulary. Swiftly, they put away their clean oatmeal bowls and in the kitchen cupboards, and watch, which watched them with painted eyes. Then the three young people ran next door. Friday, the day of the performance, which was only a few days off, and the children wanted to figure out Count Olaf's plan as quickly as possible.